saying, don't you untie your donkey, your mule, your ox, don't you, don't you go and water it. He says, ought not this woman, and the Greek is actually much more forceful, should, shouldn't, this wo- actually this woman must is more of the Greek. The, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound, hear the language, you're going to untie your bound animal. This woman has been bound for 18 years. Ought she not be unbound? The English is loose, but it's the same thing. Be unbound from this bond on the Sabbath day. Bound, 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 untied, right? Ought, Ought she not be loosed on this Sabbath day? And as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. This is the scene. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before. The, the Jewish leaders believed in kingdom come. They believed that it, their understanding of it was that this ruler would come, kill all the Romans, sit on the throne in Israel, and restore the full power of the nation back to what it, was always, what it, what it had been under David. And the way to get God to do that for them was rooted in externals. The way to accomplish what we would call the good life, Cicero, old Roman writer, wrote a book called The Good Life, On the Good Life. And I always think about that. That is what we're after. That's what they were after. We're all after the good life, however we might want to define that. That's what we want. And their answer for the good life is in external things. Appearance, look good, do the right thing, right? I think we tend to do that. We tend to put our faith in the good life and in these outside things. For some of us, it is keeping the rules, right? We get upset when the rules aren't right. People aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. You got to keep the rules and then you can have kingdom come or or appearance, right? Got to look pretty. Got to be clean. Things have to be neat. Status. If only I had this status, then I could have the good life. Experience. If I could just go to the Cayman Islands, then I could have the good life, right? We rooted in all of these external things. This is the reason I think we have some of the struggles we have. Some of you will remember, I think it was the 90s, it may have been the 80s, the church lady, Dana Carvey. He played this church lady on a Saturday Night Live skit, and she would always sit there and judge everybody. You know, and everything, you know, was Satan. Remember her? Oh, who else wears red? I don't know. Satan. But she was never happy. She was always insistent that the externals look right. Somehow it didn't work for her. Um, I think this is the reason, uh, you know, preachers' kids, in general, I actually feel pretty blessed here, but in general, I mean, you know, there's a whole story about preachers' kids really have it tough. Some places, and I know this because I have friends (laughs) I went to school with, the, the kids are told, I've actually heard pastors say to their kids, you represent me out there, so you better behave this way. I, I will not say that. I tell them they represent themselves. I mean, you, you know, you be you. You do you. 
Um, I hope, good for you. Anyway, but, but they get this put on them. Be this for this external, and, 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 and I can't imagine living under that weight. I think this is the reason sometimes we find in our society well-respected people of position and status, like, I don't know, gymnast doctors, who turn out to be awful, awful people. This happens all the time because the emphasis was being put on, look at how great this looks on the outside, and it just doesn't bear up. I also think this is the reason people give up. I think in our society in particular, more often than not, it's men giving up. What's the point? I'm not even going to try anymore. I'll just play video games. There's just no point because I'll never measure up. So how, why should I even try? Sad. Now I think we all know that's not the answer. We've all had the experience of, finally, now I have that. Now I've done that. I've looked good on the app. Whatever it is, and it just doesn't, it still doesn't work. We've all had that experience. Jesus here is actually giving us the answer. You want the good life? Here it is, verse 18. In this scene, all this is going on. The people are like, I want the good life, and you're getting in the way by healing on the Sabbath. He said, therefore... What is the kingdom of God like? I can almost see the God-man, the the king of heaven, come to earth wrestling, right? This is not, Jesus doesn't say in this British accent like you might see on Monty Potts, what is the kingdom of God like? To what shall I compare it? He's not doing that. I think he's really wrestling. I think he's saying, what's the kingdom of God like? To what, how can I communicate to you... (laughs) What, what can I use? How do I do it? I, it's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again, he said, no, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Clear as mud now, right? What's this mean? It's like a mustard seed. We've heard this. We've got to wrestle a little bit with some of the uh, analogy. Um, A mustard seed is small. It's not the smallest seed ever. But it is relatively small uh, throughout the Middle East culture. It's always kind of normally used as a parable for a small thing. Mustard seed, it's, it's two to three millimeters. It's a small thing. You plant it, you drop it in the ground, and it does not actually grow into a tree. I'm not saying Jesus is a liar. I'm saying translations are interesting. Um, it's not a tree. It's the largest bush. Does that make sense? So it's just a big bush. It's not classified. Jesus didn't go to MIT. He didn't know science like that. He had different classifications. It looked like a tree, so he called it a tree. So let's not have that debate, okay? It's a big bush. This is what the Jews are doing, right? They're looking at the big thing, the large stuff. Now, another interesting fact about a mustard seed. Some, tr- some seeds, some plants, you plant in the ground. You've got to water them. You've got to 
put a little trellis or something beside it? I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. Somebody tell me, is it sticking the ground and the thing crawls up it or tomato plants, you know, that metal thing? I don't know why we do that. But apparently certain plants need certain types of cultivation, right, to, to grow big and healthy. Mustard seed needs you to do this. Drop it in the ground. It doesn't need that much water. It can live. It can do, it, it's very hardy. It will grow. You drop it in the ground and it grows. That's it. Now, I also think that Jesus has in mind a couple of different verses, passages in the Old Testament. Daniel 4, Ezekiel 31, I think. These places, there's an image. And the image is this. This tree grows large and feeds the nations, provides shade and food and health and wholeness to the world. It's a metaphor It's a metaphor for something beautiful and good. It's a metaphor for life. It's a metaphor for fruitfulness. It's all in the last canvas right there. It's it's an image that Jesus is painting that's been painted. And the birds of the air, just like they do in that last canvas, represent the nations of the world. They always do. The birds in Daniel, the birds in Ezekiel. These birds are all these far-off places come to roost in the branches of the kingdom of God. It is about this, this, this metaphor, the, the mustard seed into a tree, is about the size of the kingdom. The interesting fact, Jews actually had a smaller view. This was for us, our people. You guys stay out. Jesus is saying... It's going to grow so big, it's going to provide places to nest and food and shelter for all nations. It's going to grow from something small to something large. The image is simply that. The kingdom of God is something very small that grows exponentially large. Whereas we focus on the big things. It's interesting. I was thinking about where do we focus on the big things, and the first thing that came to my mind was actually the, 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 the pyramids. If you've ever had the privilege of being there and seeing them, I've only seen pictures, but you, you'll know that there's some that are bigger than others. Some are real small. In fact, you know, Egypt had a rough economic downturn at one point when they just had to put their kings in caves. But when things were good in Egypt, the pharaohs would try to outdo each other. Oh, I gotta, I gotta build a bigger pyramid than that guy to bury myself in. I gotta have. He had a hundred, and they did this. He had a hundred slaves buried with him. I'll have a hundred and five. Bigger, better. That's why the Great Pyramid, right? It's bigger because that's what it's about. If I can get the biggest, the most impressive, then I'll have the good life. Well, it's hard, right? When you're buried and when you're mummified. That was the idea. Bigger is better. And I think in our own day, you know, as, as, I, as I look at that, where do we wrestle with that? Because we tend sometimes to think that the big, impressive things that they talk about in the Wall Street Journal huh, or in the New York Post, whatever, like the stuff they do in D.C., that'll make a difference in the world. If they can pass this legislation that I've really been wanting, if, if only they would, the Supreme Court would go this way on that thing, then that's the big stuff, isn't it? We get wrapped up in that. 
Because we consume media, and when we just love it, and we get all about it, and then we start to get the same way. Oh, yeah, if they do that, we start what? Resting and hoping in the big and impressive and the far off and the nice, big, shiny things that they're going to talk about on CNN. I'll tell you what they're not going to talk about on CNN. They're not going to talk about you inviting your neighbor over for dinner. It's small. They're not going to talk about you mentoring an elementary school student. They're not going to talk about you. Maybe, and I love the fact that this is the reality here, maybe you're a conservative and you really don't like liberals, and you're a liberal and you really don't like conservatives, and maybe, maybe that means inviting one another over for dinner. The kingdom of God starts a little mustard seed, just a small thing that grows quickly and grows large. Eleven guys, eleven followers of Jesus took his message and planted it, and within 200 years, ten of those eleven were murdered for, for what they said. Within 200 years, they'd overthrown the Roman Empire. Jesus says the kingdom is like leaven or yeast. Uh, there's actually, I, I only know this because I read this this week and I had to look and search. There's three, three types of leaven. Well, there's thousands of types of yeast, but yeast is one. Baking soda is another. Baking powder is another. I bet some of you knew that. I didn't. But I think Jesus is talking about yeast. It's what it is, you put it in flour and it makes the, the, the dough rise when it activates with water actually creates carbon dioxide. That's why the air bubbles are in your bread, if it's not gluten-free. I don't think there's air bubbles in gluten-free bread because gluten is like bubble gum and it stretches when you... It's true. I learned all that this week. I still eat gluten, though. But here's what's interesting. Listen to this. Imagine the scene. This is not... Let me, I'm going to come back to 11. I, I just want you to hear this because I really, what I really want us to know as we study Luke is I want us to see the character of Jesus. Here's Jesus in the synagogue, first century Israel. Men over here, women over there. Men with the power. You want to do something great? You want to see people doing great things for the kingdom? They're over here with the men. That's where they're at. We know, we all know that. I mean, that's just part of the world. I'm not, I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying this is what, but you need to understand, this is what's in everybody's head, Right? Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a woman. Hold up. Did you hear that? Jesus is always advocating for those who are oppressed, those who are wounded, those who are fragile, those without power. The kingdom of God is like a woman? I mean, that would, that, that would have been mind-blowing for, for some of the people in the room. I just, you just need to hear that. It, it's really not the point. It's not what he's talking about. It's just a side note, which is even more impressive, that Jesus just uses this example to, to just kind of subvert <laughs> expectations. It's like a woman. He puts leaven in, in the flour, and then it grows. Now, the amount of flour that he, he, he says, the English is three measures. It's, I don't know, bushels. I read that, didn't mean anything to me, so I didn't track. 
But I do know this, you could take that much flour and make 72, is that right? 72 pounds of bread. It's a lot of bread. 72 pounds of baked bread loaves. I don't know how much one loaf weighs, maybe a half a pound. That's a lot of bread being made. This is more than what a woman normally would do. She'd make a loaf. She's making lots of loaves. Also, I think, has in mind a little bit of the size thing. But I think what Jesus is getting at here is the power the force, the impact of the kingdom. In the mustard seed, we talking about size. It goes from this to that. Here he's talking about, because you, you, if you know, if you've baked, you know, right? You, you, you take, I don't know, 72 pounds of flour or whatever that is, and, and you put a little bit of yeast in it, and then it just it influences the whole thing. I mean, it, it's not like a little bit of leaven just kind of, boop, okay, you need more. It spreads. It has the power to affect all of that. The kingdom of God has the power to spread a long way, a lot of force. Again, let me say it because I don't know if we heard it. Eleven men with this message overthrew the most powerful empire on earth. Looking around, there's... At least 10 times that number in here. What do you think we could do in 200 years? See, we hear that and we're like, well, they were... No, they were people. In fact, we have combined way more education, money, resources than they did. They're not, they're not, I mean, the, the disciples were great and all, but they're not special. They're just people like you and me. You should, I mean, you should have seen them terrified, just like us, scared, fragile, wounded. No, two and a half, maybe centuries, they overthrew an empire. Maybe it's because they were looking two and a half centuries out. All from spreading goodness, spreading beauty, spreading hope. This is the stuff that is the leaven of the kingdom of God. What do we spread? I mean, when I asked, when I thought about this, okay, spreading yeast, spreading beauty. I thought, what are we spreading? And I can't help, I mean, the first thought that popped into my mind was like farmers, <laughs> spread manure. I think that might be true for some, right? We, we do an awful lot of that. <laughs> the kingdom is subversive. That's what Jesus is always doing. There's a whole thing with the woman, right? It's subversive. It takes what is in the culture and turns it on its head. The kingdom subverts the animosity that exists in our broader culture with love. We love one another well. We say, yeah, we, we don't agree on that, but that's okay. I love you. <laughs> Boy, that's leaven, isn't it? Beauty, goodness, in the face of antagonism, animosity, hatred. I mean, watch the news. Watch your timeline. Read just once in a while, not too often. Read some comment threads. 
And then think, what would love and truth and goodness and beauty look like in the face of that? Which of those is attractive? Which of those is compelling? Which of those do you want to be a part of? Really, right now, objectively speaking, which do you want to be, be involved with? It's hard, I know that. But when we look, there's, not, there's no contest. We want to be involved in the one with love. Now I say all this, mustard seed, we drop it in the ground and beauty and goodness and truth and love are the leaven that we should be out putting through the, the flower of the world, right? I say this, and, but here's the thing, this is, this is, there's a little twist here and it's kind of like those, they don't, I haven't seen a lot of movies like this, there's movies in the 90s like Sixth Sense, I'm not going to give away anything if you haven't seen that one. Uh, Memento, Fight Club, all these movies that at the end where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, here, here it is, right? We hear that, and we all know, if we look back on our last week, I'm like, mm, I think I sowed a little more than the kingdom of God this week. Yeah, I was definitely out spreading things more than love, right? <laughs> Wasn't always doing it quite the way I've, I've probably messed up here and there, sure. Here's the thing. This is not. You and I, we're not the one dropping the mustard seed. We're not. We're, it, it's not even about that. It's not telling us to go and sow leaven of love out in the world. Don't, that's not what it's saying at all. The kingdom of God isn't something we plant out there. It is something that God plants in here. The seed is not what you can take. Don't think so highly of yourself. The seed is what God puts in you and in me. And as we, as we hear the gospel, we hear him say, oh, sure you blew it. I love you. Full stop. Something grows, I think, in us. As we hear him say, yeah, oh yeah, you were a little angry there at that person. You didn't, very, you didn't really sow a whole lot of love. But guess what? You're worse than you even know. And yet you're far more loved than you would dare to even believe. It's the kingdom being planted right here in us. As it grows a little bit at a time, and yes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wrestle against the hard, dark clay of my heart and yours. And it's going to beat up against insecurities and shame and selfishness. But it'll break through, and it'll slowly, over time, it will expand. Just like a mustard seed grows, and it will grow out of us. We don't need to see us as the one planting the mustard seed, we need to understand that we're the tree and that goodness and beauty and truth grow out of us, out of the hope that we have, the hope that Jesus will make things right. We don't have to. We don't have to be about the big stuff anymore, the externals. Instead, we can be about love. It comes out of the humility that comes when we hear the voice of God say, yes, you're broken. 
I love you. We don't have to be right anymore. Wouldn't it feel good to not have to be right anymore? Wouldn't it feel good to be able to say to someone that disagrees with you, it's okay, I love you. You don't have to be, you don't have to agree with me. All of a sudden, (laughs) things begin to grow. Things begin to change. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God at work, starting in each of us, in our hope in Christ, in our humility. And, And it grows out of us, and it first, I think, shapes the church. It shapes our relationships with one another, our expectations of one another, the way we speak to one another. And I think as that begins to happen, it, it, it ripples like a, like a rock ripples in a pond. It ripples outward to the world and, and it brings goodness and beauty and fruitfulness and life to the nations. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what you and I get to participate in. Why would we want to do anything else? Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we get to participate in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Thank you that you have chosen to love us, to give yourself for us, to to call us to yourself and and plant in us the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that we would let it grow, that we would do as much as we can to get out of the way of the fruitfulness that you are growing in our lives. It's in your name. Amen.